Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut grand opening of Mad Villain Bistro Bed and Breakfast Bar Grill Cafe Lounge on the Water. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Terry Talks Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clayton Terry. I'm Ryan Terry. And I'm Ethan Terry. This week, we are going to do an Oscars discussion. We're doing it remotely, as you could probably tell right off the bat. Ethan and Ryan are on call. Hopefully, I sound a bit better because we did upgrade our hardware a little bit and get a blue yeni mic which i'm excited to record with but yeah we wanted to kind of talk about the oscars because this year was had a lot of good movies um a lot of less good movies and it was a very interesting night to say the least so i have a ballot here that i'm just going to kind of run through so we're going to start with some of the short films go through technical awards and then work our way through acting up to best picture starting with the very bottom of this ballot, we have animated short film. Now, these short films are probably going to go pretty quickly. Uh, Bayo, I think is how you say that. That ended up winning, and I think that's the only one any of us have seen. Yeah. Um, did you not see, did you not go to the, like, Regal short film thing? I didn't. We, we thought about doing that, but we didn't. Yeah, I thought about it. I've been kind of busy, because uh, there were some ones on Netflix in the other categories that I wanted to watch but didn't get a chance to just because of uh timing and whatnot um but usually they are pretty good this year they seemed really heavy in terms of subject matter um and then moving up we have documentary short subject and short film live action um i don't think we've seen any of these 10 movies but uh skin one short film live action and period end of sentence one documentary um i thought the speech that they gave for period end of sentence was really good i don't know if you guys caught that yeah, I did. Yeah, we saw that. I was quite... I, I feel bad. Like, every year, I'm like, I should watch the documentaries and short films, and then I never do. <laughs> I feel like next year should be this year that changes. Yeah, I watched um The White Helmets a couple. Uh, I think that was two years ago that that won, because that was on Netflix. And the thing is, like, these... They're good, but they're really depressing, usually. <laughs> yeah. So, moving past those, we get to our first, like, juicy award. Um, visual Effects. In the category, we had Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. The Oscar ended up going to First Man. I think all of us have seen all of these movies except for Christopher Robin. How'd you guys feel about that award going to First Man? I wasn't too upset. I like. I would rather Avengers just because I like Avengers, and I think nothing could ever, like nothing could be on a scale of Avengers. Where I think things could be on the scale of First Man. Yeah. But if anything is going to beat Avengers, I was okay with First Man. The thing is that First Man is more realistic visual effects. Oh, yeah. In terms, yeah. And I don't, like, that's probably worthy worthy of a celebration. Not to say that Avengers isn't, but yeah. that's probably what the Oscars were thinking. I feel like the Avengers can't exist without those VFX. And you could argue First Man can't either, but it's like a small army worked on Avengers, and they made that movie what it is, Yeah, and so I think they should be recognized. Well, there are films visually that look similar to First Man that came out in the 60s, 70s, 2001 comes to mind. Yeah, I think Gravity was five, six years ago, and that looked about as good as First Man. First Man looks incredible. I mean, both of those two movies look incredible. Um, The space scene at the end of First Man is really kind of jaw-dropping and i'm guessing that's a big reason the award ended up going to them 
but I, I also wanted Avengers. I had that down on my ballot um, just because what they were able to create with Thanos was so impressive. Um, I really thought it should be rewarded. And honestly, Solo looks pretty good. As much as I don't like Solo, I, the VFX is pretty good in that movie. Yeah, you're right. I can't see him because the movie's so dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie is pretty dark. I'm glad Black Panther didn't wasn't nominated because it doesn't have great visual effects. It, like you can celebrate you can celebrate Black Panther's achievements in a lot of ways. Visual effects is not one of them. I, th- I mean, I think it looked fine. People are really hard on that movie. Um, yeah, they are. Revisionist history so, of film because it was nominated for so much and got so much money. Yeah, and it ended up winning so much as well. Come to see. Yeah. Um, the next award of note I have down here is film editing. First, we have Black Klansman, then Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Bohemian Rhapsody ended up winning the award. I personally wanted The Favorite. What did you guys think? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I wanted The Favorite to win. Uh, it seems a little like I saw a post somewhere that was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won for putting Queen music in a Queen movie. That <laughs> <laughs> was funny. Yeah, I mean, um, you're not wrong. There's not much about the production of Bohemian Rhapsody that really wows me. Yeah. I mean, it was good editing, especially in the more montage parts. It's definitely heavy-handed, but... I think Bohemian Rhapsody, for the most part, maybe with the exception of Rami Malek, has good everything, but not great anything, which which isn't a bad thing, definitely. Mm -hmm. But, like, nothing really stands out for me. I would definitely agree. Um, Me and Ryan... Bohemian Rhapsody made our top 10 of the list, and you ended up seeing it, Ethan, and you liked it, correct? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, I've heard some theories that the reason they give they gave the award to this editor is because Bohemian Rhapsody had two directors, and neither of them were really yeah, overseeing the project, and apparently he, like, yeah. saved it in the editing room, so... Well, that one's I believe it, yeah. yeah. Not disappointed there. Um, I would have, again, gone for the favorite, but... Um, that was better than the other three, in my opinion. Bohemian Rhapsody is a, like a fun movie. I think that's the reason why. Like, not the directing doesn't wow me, the production doesn't wow me. Rainy Malik's performance is really good, but like for the most part, I just think it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, mm-hmm. and so its placement with films like Roma or The Favorite is a little jarring. But. Yeah. Moving on to production design, nominated we had Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. The award ended up going to Black Panther. I don't remember if this was the first award of the night, but this was the first time a Marvel movie had ever won an Oscar, um, which was really exciting to see. It now has more than the DCEU, which is nice. Thank God. Thank God. I thought uh, thought Best Supporting Actress was the first award. I mean, like, the first award to go to Black Panther in the night. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. I thought the favorite at better production design. Yeah. Admittedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked, well, mainly because of the fact that Black Panther relies heavily on visual effects. The favorite's clearly um, all on location, uh, all practical, and uh, looks beautiful. Very reminiscent of Bar- like something like Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I um again this is another one where I had the favorite down um for what I wanted to win and what I thought would win. I am actually really happy this went to Black Panther because they had to create an entire fictional world in Wakanda and 
when you hear people talk about like the process that went into the making of this world, um, whether it's Ryan Coogler or the costume designer who's coming up soon, there was just so much heart and love and care, and they really studied a bunch of different African cultures, and I feel like it shows. Um, so I, I was happy that this award went to Black Panther. Yeah, even though I put the favorite ahead of it. I am too. Also because like a lot of these awards, these are the first time that like black people were nominated for these awards. Yeah, definitely. Like, cost- That's a huge step forward. Yeah, because not only are they not nominated, but people of color don't often get these kind of jobs, you know, and that's mm-hmm. sad. So it shows like if you put people of color in jobs like this and you give them a budget of like $300 million, 250 whatever it was, they can do arguably the best work of the year, uh, at least according to the Oscars. So Yeah, especially in a film where that's like the entire backbone of it. Definitely. So now moving on to an exciting one, Cinematography. <laughs> Uh, nominated we had cold war the favorite never look away roma and a star is born i wanted to roma i wanted roma to win the award went ended up going to roma i imagine you guys feel similarly yeah, yeah very happy i mean i haven't seen cold war or never look away and everything i've seen from cold war at least uh looks like looks amazing it's yeah. like it's cold looks, war is beautiful yeah this is a really contentious uh category in my opinion Definitely. Like, a lot of the films in this category looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially the favorite. Yeah. yeah I but think... not quite as good as uh, Solo. <laughs> I think um, I think the favorite in Roma, obviously, were the... Of the three I've seen, were the two that were frontrunners in my mind. Um, a Star is Born looks good, though. Like, I like what... I don't know who the cinematographer on it was, but I like what Bradley Matthew Cooper... Matthew that, sound, that sounds familiar. Has he done other stuff? Yeah, that pulled up. Oh, I don't know. Well, um, yeah, Star I don't... Born did look impressive, especially for a directorial debut. Definitely. I do feel kind of bad that Bradley Cooper wasn't nominated, because you hear him talking about how much he loved making this movie and how much heart he put into it, but yeah. I don't know if I would remove any from the director category. I guess maybe Adam McKay, but I haven't seen Vice, um, and we'll get there, so... Uh, Matthew Lobedic, uh he did the cinematography of Wickerium for a Dream, Black Swan, and Pie. Oh wow! Those movies look fantastic. Yeah. So, Requiem especially. Requiem is looks just looks like a nightmare. Yeah, Requ- Requiem's pretty amazing um, mm-hmm. in that regard. How much did you love seeing Alfonso Cuarón give his three speeches? <laughs> it was great. They were funny. Like they were funny. We'll talk he about it when we get to foreign language. But that was really funny. Yeah, he looked somewhat prepared for one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just winged it which is awesome. Uh, me and Ethan had just seen E2 Mama Tambion right before the Oscars. We were kind of on an Alfonso Cuaron kick, and he his film just looks so beautiful. Does that film also rely heavily on water? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. And sex. Yeah, a lot of sex. Definitely. Sex E2 Mama Tambion is like a well-directed porno. Oh, really? Like the, yeah, honestly, yeah. With like the occasional, like, Somatic like bomb that he drops. Like you got, you guys see the movie to know, but you know. really good narration. Okay. Like one of my best, one of my favorite narration in a film. Interesting. I'll be sure to uh, check it out. I saw Children of Men in the theater uh, not too long ago, and man, that movie's amazing. But in the theater, you fully get like how well made the sound, how well edited the sound was, and oh, I I love that man. I love Alfonso Cuarón. He can do no wrong. 
Moving on to costume design, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots were all nominated. The award ended up going to Black Panther. How did you guys feel about another Black Panther win? I think uh, Black Panther had yeah. the most creative costume design. I don't know. I don't know if it was my favorite. Definitely like st- stuck with me. Even thinking about them now, like I'm not the most passionate about this award, and. Uh, they, the costumes still stick out to me in Black Panther. I think my favorite would go to the favorite because, like, the costume design in that movie feels so integral to the silliness of the plot. Yeah. But, like, Black Panther is just, like, it was, like, a cool background choice, but I don't know, like, if it was bad costume design, I probably wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have cared, so. The favorite's just beautiful in every way. I think um, with Black Panther, it plays into the fact that, um, again, they had to, like, create this whole world. And you think about, like, the scenes where um, T'Challa is fighting either Killmonger or M'Baku in the beginning, and all the Wakandans watching. Like, they all have unique costumes, and you can differentiate them from the tribe and whatnot. And just kind of the thematic nature of Black Panther's costume, of, like, being able to absorb all of this and make it make yourself more powerful i thought upon um reflection and having some people point that out to me i think was a really effective choice again this is another one where i put favorite ahead not disappointed that uh black panther ended up winning that's how i felt a lot about a lot of the stuff that black panther won yeah it's like i'm happy if it wins um next award is another one we could probably skip uh this was makeup and hairstyling Nominated was Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. I don't think any of us three have seen that. So the award ended up going into Vice. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian Bale looks weird in it, so I guess it deserves it. <laughs> I feel like the award always goes to a movie where, like, one, the main actor looks nothing like what he looks like in real life, but everything else, like, there's not that much going on yeah. makeup-wise. Yeah, like, definitely. Darkest Hour won last year, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think Suicide yeah. Squad the year before, or maybe two years before. Oh, that's, but... that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the category Suicide Squad one. So now we're moving into the two sound uh, Oscars. Just to kind of clarify, because a lot of people get these mixed up, sound mixing refers to the overall soundscape of a film. It's basically everything you hear, whereas sound editing is specifically sounds created in post by technicians. Um, And just to kind of put in perspective what that means, usually war movies end up winning in the sound editing category. Um, No big war movies this year, interestingly. So both of these awards ended up going to Bohemian Rhapsody, which I think, Ryan, that kind of plays into what you were talking about of winning Oscars for putting Queen music in in a Queen movie. Um, I guess it made people happy, though. Yeah, uh, what else was nominated for that one? Um, So... It's basically the same nominees for both categories, except for one change. So Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, and Roma were nominated in both. And then A Star is Born was in sound mixing, and sound editing included A Quiet Place. First Man is really good sound. Yeah, First Man, I think the sound in that movie adds so much to the anxiety and the uh, like dread of space exploration. Yeah. I, I, I think I would have given it to that, but... Me too. Yeah. I, I would have given sound editing to First Man because, again, all those sounds that were created in post to make it feel like you're flying through a soda can in space, basically. Um, 
So, yeah, two wins for Bohemian Rhapsody. Whatever. <laughs> also, the way that Alfonso Cuaron uses sound, I've noticed, is really interesting in his movies. True, yeah. Because he has a lot of background noise going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's always, there's usually, like, one clear thing your ear can grab. Yeah. But he, like, it just adds to the busyness of the scene. In E2 Mama Tambion, there's, like, a, a bar scene. I don't know if I call it a bar, like, this restaurant scene. And um, there's two conversations going on at once, and, like, one in the background and the one in the foreground. It's really cool how they, like, play off each other. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think Children of Men, like we talked about, is similarly. I'm glad. I'm actually happy with most of the films nominated in this category. You know, like, A Quiet Place sound editing was also very effective. Yeah, um, A Quiet Place relies on its sound editing. Like, yeah. sound and be the focal point of the movie. Yeah. Um, definitely i think that's a movie that was kind of forgotten about as we made it towards like december but um i, I remember I, really enjoying it i think my opinion on it has kind of like gone more severe not not harsh but like uh i don't know i felt better about it walking out of the theater than i do now yeah, i think that happens with you know those like not great films, but not bad films. Like, I enjoyed my time in the theater. Yeah. Like, after a while, I'm like, was it, did it have an impact on me? No, not really. Did I think about it ever again? I got to watch Jim for an hour run away from these weird demogorgons. <laughs> so, that's cool. It's like the Ant-Mans of the film world. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Man was sucked. Yeah, no, you're right. Moving on to original song, this feels like one we could talk about for a bit. Nominated was All of the Stars from Black Panther, I'll Fight from RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, Shallow from A Star is Born, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs, Four Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This ended up going to Shallow, as basically everyone predicted. Guys, how upset were you to not see Kendrick Lamar perform at the audi- at the Oscars? Devastated. I was devastated that he did perform. Devastated him when... I don't know. It it hurt. It's just uh, in my opinion, the fact that Suspirium wasn't nominated is a travesty because yeah. that's my favorite song from a movie this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Suspiria soundtrack adds so much to the movie's dread, and like the opening is really beautiful, and it's it was on the short list, and I cannot believe that it was beaten out by the RBG song. <laughs> well, I mean, even the Ballad of Buster Scruggs songs, like that's a that's a short song used for comedy in the movie, and I have no idea why it's in there. <laughs> no, me neither. I mean, I really like it in terms in the way that it's used in the movie because it's yeah. really funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's not like I'm okay. I'm more okay with that than the Mary Poppins song. <laughs> it's me sounds... too. It's not even my favorite song in the Mary Poppins movie. Oh yeah, no, me neither. It's not nearly enough. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, Shallow, I think, is an okay song that has been completely oversaturated. Oh my god, every every white person has listened to that song at least ten times since the movie came out, and it drives me insane. It, to me, when I listen to it, it feels incomplete. It feels like they wrote one verse, a chorus, and then I didn't know what else to do, so they just added a uh, part. <laughs> they added Lady Gaga doing that. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, that's something you do in, a, like, five minutes in a seven-minute song. Like, once you're five minutes into this, a seven-minute song, that's when you just start doing that shit. Yeah, the only thing I would say that you can argue against All the Stars is that All the Stars really isn't in the Black Panther movie. It's at the no. credits. Like, no, it's, it just shows up at the end of the credits. And I love it because I love Kendrick Lamar. And I 
honestly, I like Black Panther a lot, but I think the Black Panther album is maybe of better quality than the Black Panther movie. Not against the Black Panther movie, just I like the album. Yeah. And so, but I was they still used, disappointed. They used Pray For Me in the nightclub scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. And they use um, Ops when they're escaping, but the only oh, two songs right. from the soundtrack they use happen within this, like 15 minutes of one another. Also, like, all the songs, like, are very, you know, mm-hmm. ex- you know, it squares a lot, so you can't, that's that's true. True. You can't really do the Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just for me to kind of talk about Shallow, I liked the song a lot when I saw it in the movie, and then I agree with you guys, it got oversaturated, and then I saw Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper perform, and the way they gave away an award, and then everyone left, and they brought on the piano, and Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper just slowly walked to stage, and the audience was like beautifully black backlit, and they sung together. I actually thought it was really moving. I enjoyed that part of the Oscars a lot. Uh, usually, when they do the original songs, it's like when I go to the bathroom or when I stop paying attention, but... I there's just something about Lady Gaga's raw talent <laughs> that made me not as angry that that song was definitely going to win. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm I'm coming from a perspective where I saw the movie. I've seen the movie three or four months ago. Yeah, and I've everyone's talking about this movie, and I've heard this song over and over again, and I don't understand why. I mean, it is a it is a good song in the movie, and the way it's used in the movie is good. Yeah, and so I I, I really it's more so it's not right for me to complain about the song on its own merits. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of people like it. Uh, I would have even after the performance gone for Kendrick Lamar's song just because if he's halfway to the EGOT, that would be really cool. Yeah, no, you can go, Ryan. Okay, I'm usually not happy with that song. Last year, Remember Me beat Sufjan Stevens, which is a travesty. Oh, and that, that Sufjan Stevens song in Call Me By Your Name was so good. You're right. I know, it's beautiful. And, like, that's probably one of my favorite songs of that year. Like, not even of just in that category. And so, like, the fact... And Sephiria wasn't going to be nominated. I didn't expect it to be nominated, but it would have been really cool if it was nominated. Um, so I guess I'm not the most, I'm not as unhappy with this as I would be if like RBG won, but no, <laughs> that wasn't going to win. Yeah. So we saw that movie and I don't remember when that song is in the film. Is it at the end credits? I think credits. Okay. But it's not, I don't remember it. <laughs> Anything else about the original song category? Kendrick should have won. Kendrick should have won. <laughs> I agree. So moving on to original score. This is a pretty well-deserving category. I feel like. Um, nominated, we have Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. Black Panther ended up taking home another Oscar. How did you guys feel about that win? I wasn't, uh, I wasn't upset. Like, I don't hate the Black Panther score, but I think Isle of Dogs score is just fantastic. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna take anything out of Isle of Dogs, I think the, like, score really... Very minimalist. It'd be a very different film without it. I've seen videos. I think I talked about this in our Marvel podcast. I saw videos about the music, the person, the composer for Black Panther making the music. And he was really, like, you could tell he just oozed passion Yeah. with the project. He really loved making the music for it. And he's worked with Ryan Coogler since uh, Fruitvale Station. Wow. 
or since college, I guess. You could so. um, you could tell his passion from his speech. I think he gave a really good, impassioned speech for when he won. I was I was excited to see this. I feel like every film in this category, except maybe Mary Poppins Returns, deserves to be in there. Um, Black Klansman, we'll get there in a minute, but that was the score was probably my favorite part of the movie, honestly. And if Beale Street could talk has a just gorgeous score that kind of makes you feel like you're in a dream that I really like. And then I Love Dog score is awesome, as you were saying, Ethan. But what they did in Black Panther with like the chirping and the integration of kind of African music in a way that has never really been done in a Western mainstream movie, I thought was really effective. And I'm, again, excited to see it take home this Oscar. Particularly, I really like how it uses African music, like hip-hop production, like 808s and stuff. Yeah. And, like, especially in uh, T'Challa's theme, like, royal instrumentation, oh. like, horns and stuff. Like, the way that he blends it all together and it feels very organic is really cool. T'Challa has the best theme of the MCU. Easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Killmonger's theme and T'Challa's theme start to mix together when they fight. Yeah. And that's, like, really cool. Yeah, his theme's great and all, but nothing can be uh, immigrant song. that's true that's true well that's technically not score so it wouldn't be in this category but (laughs) that should have won best original song they made it for the movie right immigrant song (laughs) moving on to foreign language film we had capernaum uh cold war never look away roma and shoplifters now ethan you have seen the most movies in this category you've seen both roma and shoplifters (laughs) yeah not many, but I've seen the most. <laughs> Do you want to talk about um, Shoplifters for a minute, and then if you think the Roma win was deserved over it? Yeah, so I I actually do like Roma more. I mean, I think Roma is probably my favorite film of last year. But if anything's going to beat Roma, I think I would have been okay with Shoplifters beating Roma. Like, I went into, went into Shoplifters with little to no expectations, and I was delighted. It's such a... Uh, somehow feel-good movie but also like super depressing movie at the same time it's once again one of those slice of life movies Mm -hmm. and uh i thought it was great i thought it was so charming in a way i haven't seen in a film in a long time but i do prefer roma but i and i would have been okay with shoplifters winning i really want to see shoplifters and i was kind of shocked that burning was it nominated? True, yeah. I didn't think of that. Because it, it was nominated for a Palme d'Or. Yeah. But it wasn't nominated for this. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I, I, um, I know Cold War and Shoplifters are supposed to be um, quite beloved. I, I don't know like anything about Never Look Away and Capernaum, so I can't say if I would put Burning In over those, but I, I could see yeah. what you're saying. That is kind of surprising. I really want to see Cold War too, but I think like even if I were to watch those movies, I really, really love Roma, and I'm really yeah. happy it won. And also, I'm really commit. I'm like really into Alfonso Cuarón's career at this point. Yeah, like I've seen five of his movies. Yeah, can we talk about his speech? Uh, it was like I I watched so many foreign languages foreign language films growing up, including The Godfather, Jaws. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, I, he, at first I was like, oh, he's telling a joke, and then he said a movie that was non English language as well. I was like, oh, he's I, I can't tell if he's joking or not. I think he said uh, what Seven Samurai or something, something like that. Ran, yeah. ran. Some, some he said ran. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I loved all of his acceptance speeches. I, I'll bring this up now. 
uh, as soon as the film that shall not be named won Best Picture, my phone was blowing up with how, how Roma failed this season. And I'm like, Alfonso Cuaron got to give three. <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron got to give three acceptance speeches that night. Three. He he didn't almost got four. He was probably the runner up for four. Like I also would have killed to see Roma win that final Oscar, but I really hope the narrative we come away with this year isn't what a failure Roma was because he's the first director to win in that category and in cinematography. He adds these to the Oscars he already has. He continues the legacy of the Mexican trio, whatever you want to call them, of Inuritu, uh, Del Toro, and Huron kind of maintaining their streak in the director category. Um, so it, it just frustrate me, frustrates me that people were kind of painting that in such a negative light. When was the last time a foreign language film was also nominated for Best Picture? That doesn't happen often. Um. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't think Elle was in Best Picture. I have to look that up. I feel like I feel like there was one not that long ago. So next um category is documentary feature nominated. We have Free Solo, Hale County, This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap, Of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. Free Solo ended up taking it home. I've only seen RBG in this category. I think Ryan has seen that as well, and that's it. You guys haven't seen Minding the Gap, right? No. I want to watch it. It's on Hulu, yeah. but I haven't gotten to it. I, thought it. I was just going to say, I thought it was weird that Solo was nominated, but it's nice to see the Star Wars movie get recognition <laughs> for the Oscars. Yeah. It, well, I mean, they were documenting Harrison Ford's like actual life and how that's he's, true, he's had the same haircut for over a decade. <laughs> You know, got all his characteristics in ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's gone. His best friend, his ship. You know how like you find an outfit when you're twenty, and then you're still wearing that outfit at thirty. <laughs> and a haircut, and a uh, so uh, dice. <laughs> dice. You got the same dice. I'm gonna need to think of a nickname for you. <laughs> so I don't want to take away from Free Solo because that movie looks fucking awesome. <laughs> I just haven't. I really want to see it. I haven't had the time to watch it yet. That and Minding the Gap are both supposed to be incredible. Um, I enjoyed RBG quite a bit, but it was pretty run-of-the-mill. So it was cool to see Free Solo win, and I thought their speech was pretty wholesome. And the way they shouted out his girlfriend and how the movie doesn't really work without the narrative that they have with her. So that was cool to see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was going to say the last, um, the last film that was nominated for Best Picture that I can find that was a foreign film was Amor. Oh, that was twenty twelve. I was gonna say that's that came out in twenty eleven, so the twenty twelve Oscars, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was a while ago. I would have. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to a very exciting category, in my opinion, animated feature. You have Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Mire, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Ethan, I know you're a big Incredibles 2 fan. How disappointed yeah, right. were you? <laughs> How disappointed were you to see it go to Spider-Man? I was I was destroyed. No, I, I'm so happy Spider-Man won. Spider-Man is such a good film. If anything's going to beat my favorite movie of 2018, which was Roma, it would be Spider-Man. Spider-Man is, in just speaking animation terms, is uh, something I've never seen before. Something I probably will never see until Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man into Spider-Verse 2. So... I, I'd like to point out that this is the first time Disney hasn't won this award since 2011. 
Oh, I thought it was like 2006. It's whenever they oh, had to. The, really? It's like 2011 or whatever. They didn't have a film that year. It was. I was reading something on Reddit. Or oh, okay. It was right. like every year since 2006 that they had a film out. They've always won until now, which is which is good because I, you know, competition. I, yeah, I would have. Uh, I'd loved uh, Into the Spider Verse. That was probably my favorite movie out of all the nominations. I would have been really happy to see Isle of Dogs win. Yeah, I didn't see Ralph breaks the internet. So it kind of looked like garbage. <laughs> Yeah, and we, and we should say um, we joked, but Incredibles two, I think we all enjoyed in the theater. I don't think it was good. No Incredibles one. Yeah, my my biggest problem with that movie is honestly the new characters. I'm not crazy about. Yeah, like the new superheroes yeah. that look weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the villain. The villain's kind of awful. Yeah, but good um, fun movie. I I was very thrilled to see this movie win. Um, I was pretty confident it was going to, but still seeing Phil Lord and Chris Miller talk about. How the best part? Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! The best part of making this movie was the fact that they got to have all these kids where they're like, "That looks like me," which I think we talked about in our top ten of the year podcast. But that's so important, and to not only have representation, but to have representation in a movie that's innovative and filled with passion, and it's just one of the best scripts of. A long time like i would have put it in the adapted screenplay category and i probably would have given it oh, definitely. over yeah, any of the movies too. in that category um the movie's yeah. really amazing and it was nice to see it walk home with some gold you know yeah i just saw like a movie too they still got it they're just they're great hello you just what i just saw like a movie too oh yeah that was good yeah it was good i mean Spider-Man or the first, but it's, <laughs> it's still enjoyable, and I'm still laughing. And they do like fourth wall breaky stuff. Like there's one part where they run into Bruce Willis in the vents, and like there's a little like dialogue exchange, and I'm just like, what? this doesn't have to be you, but the fact that it is is so funny. Isn't I saw the one joke from the trailer where the guy that helps like save Emmett can like train. Uh, he like saves the galaxy, and he can talk to Velociraptors and whatever. And Emmett's like, yeah. I don't get it. Did you see that with all the kids at the club? Yeah, I did. I was watching nine kids watch it. I was like freaking out because I was like, please don't leave the theater. (laughs) I still enjoy the movie. Please don't get up and Ice Age Continental Drips, taking them to see something like that. True. Yeah. Like we did. I'm surprised. This is kind of backtracking a little bit, but I'm surprised How to Train Your Dragon didn't get the Oscar for that year because that movie's really good. Oh, yeah. I wonder if like something else came out that year that was big that I can't remember. Probably from Disney. Yeah, probably Up or something. I'm trying to think of the yeah. timeline. Up was not only for Best Picture when that came out. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. One of the only three animated movies that Toy Story three and then um, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's such a disgrace. <laughs> Which one? Like oh, no, you mean no? That? I mean it's a disgrace that there's only three. Because I can think of like Spirited Away. Yeah. Been nominated. Absolutely. Any of the like any. Spider-Man. Spider-Man should be yeah. nominated over the movie that we will not name. Yeah, yeah. Or Until the end. <laughs> um, moving on, we're going to have the two screenplay categories. We're going to start with Adapted. I'm going to say first off that I think these two categories are my favorite of the Oscars. That's where you see the innovation and the new stuff kind of happening. Um, like last year, it went to Get Out. It's gone to Call Me By Your Name and movies like that. Like, my favorites, if they aren't honored in Best Picture, they're usually in here. 
Um, that being said, I feel like both of these categories were pretty disappointing this year. Adapted, we have Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Black Klansman ended up taking home the Oscar. I know you guys have seen this movie. I saw it recently, and we haven't talked about it. I'll start with your opinions on Spike Lee's latest film. It's pretty good. It's it's slow burn, I think. It's funny. It's funny. Um, it has a lot of wit to it, but it didn't really hit me that hard in the same way that other films in a similar style have. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not style, but with the similar similar themes have. Because it, it's very, it's very, uh, it's a quiet film. Definitely. And um, I don't know. I think Ballad of Buster Scruggs was a better screenplay. I think anything the Coen Brothers do, I'll say, is a fantastic <laughs> screenplay. But with the exception yeah. of like Lady Killers. <laughs> Black Klansman. I walked out of it. I shared a lot of those beliefs. Like I was like, I didn't have the initial punch to it, and like it was, I felt like it was lagging a certain like to make it like really stand out yeah but then as months went on like i i think about black clansman a lot like i i'm constantly reminded of certain scenes and uh i think the biggest problem with this film i think the movie spends too much time with the white supremacists and i that's not weird that's the basis of the movie but it's in the title written stupidly because they're stupid people yeah and that's fine but it's like after a while like not that bit but like i like i'm aware like these people are stupid like i don't have to keep hearing them say stupid shit like the dude from i tanya <laughs> like the same character they don't and overdo like, him though what they don't overdo him though like he's in it i feel like the right amount in yeah, i tanya but, like i i just felt like because i thought watching the main character i forget his name but and, uh, yeah and uh and driver's character i thought that was very compelling I think all of that was great, like, well-written. The only downside of the movie is I think it spends too much time with the actual clients. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I actually didn't like this movie that much. I thought the performances were very bland. I don't know why Adam Driver was nominated. I thought the film editing was clearly going for something, but it didn't work for me. The pacing was really off. I agree that they spend way too much time with the white supremacists and so much of what they were just doing felt heavy handed. Cause it's like, look at these people that are clearly racist and let's make fun of them. And I feel like it, Spike Lee was really holding back. He was pulling punches with this film. And as someone who loves do the right thing, but that's the only movie of his I've seen. It was pretty disappointing watching this movie. It was Probably my new biggest disappointment of the year over Annihilation. Oh, wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. I don't think I agree. Do you think this was a sympathy nomination? Yes. Like, no. no. Felt, I don't. So I'm asking Clan because he had seen him do the right thing and that was famously snubbed. Yeah. I, um. I think, I think a part of this was Spike Lee. He, need, he needs an, he deserves an Oscar. He wants it and he has influenced the film landscape enough to deserve it they weren't just going to give it to him for anything like people weren't crazy about Chirac and some of his last few movies or so, about old boy old boy i oof, hear, oof. hear that's bad no. um i i hear old boy is like spike lee's version of old boy it's like 30 minutes longer than the original and it's awful 
And we don't like the original. <laughs> no, the original one's trash, in my opinion. Yeah. The hallway scene in the remake, you can, you watch it through bars. Like, the camera is behind a fence. That's annoying. It's so it's so bizarre. And seeing interviews with him talking about it, I don't think he gives a shit about the first old boy. <laughs> <laughs> he probably may not have wanted to make it. No, probably not. I, I think I disagree with the fact that he, like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if he pulled any punches. I just think, like, the characters aren't that, like, like, the main character's not even that, like, I don't know the right word for it, but isn't, he's not constantly saying that these white nationalists are bad. Like, I think I like the movie a lot because the main character's, like, quiet, and it's more like, this stuff just happens to him. Yeah. It's more like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more, weirdly more compelling than if he was, like, I don't know. I just, I actually liked it a little bit. It puts him, it puts the main character in an interesting position. Yeah. Where they have to, like, go undercover, but also, like, kind of stay. Uh, He doesn't want to go full into the civil rights movement because he's already undercover. I didn't, I didn't buy, though, that he struggled with that double consciousness enough you know what i mean like he talks about it with his girlfriend but he doesn't really change over the whole movie and we don't see him struggling with it we just hear him talk to his girlfriend about it you know what i mean yeah yeah i understand i I don't like i don't know if he did like i think he was more just like i don't like i don't know if he struggles with it It more just like it's something he has to deal with but it's not something that is always present like i don't think he's constantly thinking about it it's just something that comes up in the situations in the film and that he's more like whatever towards it the film points it out but it doesn't like i don't know i don't know i the humor really worked for me um i thought the ending was very powerful that felt more like the spike lee i've come to know as i've gotten more into film um it left me and ted who we saw the movie together kind of speechless for a little while because i hadn't seen those I hadn't seen the actual footage from Charlottesville, so that was really hard to watch, and I think it was smart to link the past to the present. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I do wish the movie worked for me. Maybe it'll grow on me more, like you were saying, Ethan, but I was yeah, like, disappointed. I'm, I'm at least on Letterboxd. I put it pretty low, and then like over time, it was like jumping another movie, jumping another movie, and I was like, why am I still thinking about this? Yeah. I don't know. If you ever need like a fun... like. 10 minutes to do something you're waiting for something you're in line for something just go on imdb go to black clansman and then like like control f or like search keywords like uh both sides or white uh yeah white clansman what about white clansman well no maybe not white clansman the same way yeah to talk about the category for a minute though i am glad spike lee won Getting the chance to see him run up and hug Sam Jackson. That was fantastic. That was awesome. That was amazing. In his outfit, oh my god, that purple suit. (laughs) He looks incredible. He looks so good. And his speech was like, you could tell he was nervous and really excited, but it was impassioned, and he still got those politics in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm glad he... Trump was not happy. I'm glad he won. In terms of screenplay, I would put... Beale Street could talk at number one for me, probably. And then maybe Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me. But glad Spike Lee has an Oscar. 
glad Black Klansman didn't go home empty-handed, but not my favorite movie of the year. Moving on to original screenplay. This one's a little more interesting, but still wasn't great this year. We have The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Um, We're going to save the movie that won this category for the end, but what did you guys want to win in this category? Because I know there are three films in there that you really like. I think First Reform should easily win. I love The Favorite, too, but First Reform was so compelling to me and so depressing. First Reform? Think it should win. And Paul Schrader is a fantastic scriptwriter. Absolutely. First Reform is a movie that, like, you can't perform human tasks for a day or two <laughs> after watching it. Yeah. It destroyed me. I loved it. In every way possible, I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture, uh, and I think it's a disgrace that it's, it's pretty weird, and it's really depressing. <laughs> I, th- I think that it was one of the best movies of the year, if we're going by Oscars and saying that it came out this year, and it was one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, and like, the favorite is great cinematography, it's well-directed, it's well-acted, and not first form is, too. I'll get to that when we talk about Best Actor. But uh, Very witty writing. Yeah. But first reform, I feel like more relies on its writing, and not in a bad way. Like the tension that it creates in the film mm-hmm. is fantastic. And the cinematography and directing is really minimalist. Yeah, it's, it doesn't rely on it. Yeah, I um I liked first reformed a lot. I like that we have a movie that deals with faith and climate change in a nuanced and non patronizing way. Um, I, I would have put the favorite ahead of it. That movie is just so whip smart and quick with its dialogue. I really enjoyed it. Roma, I guess it's not really a screenplay movie, so it's interesting that that's in here. I haven't seen Vice, and then we're not m- m- naming the winner. So yeah, well, let's just say the winner shouldn't have won. Let's just say that. Yeah, the winner shouldn't have won. Absolutely not. Moving on to actor in a supporting role. Um, nominated, we have Mahershala Ali, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. I haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me or Vice. I don't think any of the performances in this category that I've seen were that strong, and I think the person that won didn't want to win. Mahershala Ali was the best part of the movie we will not name. Yeah. I feel like we should name it now. No, we don't have. We can save it. We're getting close to the end. Let's just uh, let's <laughs> let's keep the bit up. Okay. Well, I think I think he's the best part of the film. I think he's the only good part of the film, really. It's just because he's so darn likable. He's an incredible actor. I rewatched Moonlight yeah. recently, and that movie is truly flawless. And he's a big part of that. Yeah, I, I love I love him, and this is definitely he didn't bring his A game. This isn't the movie where he brought his A game, in my opinion. I mean, he has some really great moments, but not just not as good as Moonlight, where he's not even in it that long. Mm-hmm. But that just might be that might not be his fault. That might be the script's fault. So I, I don't put the blame on him. But okay, so he deserved it. Apparently, Richard E. Grant's performance in that movie in uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me is supposed to be really good, and he was kind of front runner with Mahershala Ali the whole time. So oh, really? that's that's actually who I thought would win, but I can't say if he deserved it more than Mahershala Ali because I haven't seen either of their movies. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Can you ever forgive me? Yeah. 
So moving on to actress in a supporting role, we have Amy Adams for Vice, Marine de Tavira for Roma, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss both for The Favorite. Guys, how did you feel about this category? I know you haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk and Regina King did win, but how'd you feel about the mother from Roma and then the two characters from The Favorite being thrown in there? I think maybe Rachel Weisz... Well, okay. It's really hard to compare Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz's performances. Yeah. I, I would have wanted, out of the movies I had seen that was nominated, I would have wanted one of them to win. I'm sure uh, the performance in Field Street Could Talk is great. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone play such different characters, and they have huge range. Like, Emma Stone, well, maybe not Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz is kind of just evil the whole time <laughs> and Emma Stone starts off as more sympathetic and then becomes more evil so her character has a bit more range uh but I thought both of them were just fantastic in their roles uh Rachel Wise especially was somehow both like like both characters were despicable but Rachel Wise just comes off as like so power hungry yeah and it's like it, it was it's really fun to watch those two characters it's really fun to watch all three of the main actors actresses in uh the favorite so they're so quick-witted in the film yeah like i I just loved emma stone like every scene she was in like i just i adored it and uh i would definitely watch several more hours of i'm just going back it (laughs) and forth we had just seen the lobster oh yeah other most well-known film and uh, it was a, it was really funny, really weird. Um, Rachel Weisz and Olivia and Coleman were in it as well. Very strange. Love love his directing style. Yeah, um, so I I have seen If Beale Street Could Talk as I mentioned earlier, and Regina King's performance in that movie is really pretty badass. I um, I like the movie. It's a little slow, but um, th- her performance is definitely one of my favorite parts. And I don't know that much about her as an actress, but apparently she's someone who it's crazy that she hadn't had an Oscar yet. So a bit of that, like, okay, now you've earned your place. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with this win. I am a little heartbroken to see Amy Adams still Oscarless. She wasn't even nominated for the performance she should have won for, which was Arrival. But maybe one day. Arrival deserved so much more. <laughs> Arrival only got a sound Oscar, which is ridiculous to think about. Because that movie's that's perfect. A How good was 2016? Because that's when we had La La Land, Moonlight, and Arrival. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Denis Villeneuve still making movies that are probably going to fail the box office, but are going to be amazing. Dune's going to be the greatest film of all time. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest flop of all yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's going to make $25 million. <laughs> they gave him so much money <laughs> but i'm so excited i hope it's just like a weirder blade runner with timothy chatelet and i'll be happier honestly i love blade runner so much talk about a film that was snubbed the best picture knob oh definitely did that film oh yeah that film won a couple because uh what's his yeah what's his name he finally won uh roger, De- roger deakins yep cool so Moving on to actor in a leading role, we have Christian Bale from Vice, Bradley Cooper from A Star is Born, William Dafoe from At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek from Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen 
Rami Malek ended up taking home the Oscar for his betrayal as Freddie Mercury. How do you guys feel about this category? You've seen the most movies of the three of us. Um, how did Rami stack up to the other performances? Out of the ones I've seen, Rami had the best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Willem Dafoe always... I, I always love him in a movie. I haven't seen Adrian's Gate, but Willem Dafoe I always love in a movie. He's such a fantastic actor. I don't know if he has an Oscar or they win for... He was uh, not nominated. Project. No, he was not nominated for the Florida Project. He was not nominated for Florida Project. That's a travesty. I know, right? That, that movie's he is, does a, he makes that movie kind of. Yeah, not, de- to, not to say the movie isn't great, but he's like the standout performance in that movie. Definitely, because um, he's the only non-child that's, actor. That's true. And uh, Rami Malek is out of the ones I've seen. He's the most deserving. There's definitely a thing where if people portray a real-life character that people know, it's kind of easier for them to get an Oscar, which is probably why Gary Oldman won. Ugh. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I, if it was me, I think... Uh, he wasn't nominated, but Ethan Hawke in... Oh, yeah, yes. first would have been my... He, like, it, I was blown away by his performance. Like, it, I don't understand how could someone could put themselves through that, like, through that script, and then that... They actually production of that film and not go insane but i thought it was fantastic that is like a standout in his career he's really fantastic in that movie he deserves the movie's not a win just him like yeah uh-huh. it's just it's nothing else like rami malik at least uh, at the other members of queen yeah. <laughs> like first reform is just him and then sometimes a man is safe read okay i i just like his performance is like is jaw-dropping i love that movie and it's such a it's such a personal movie and he really has to carry the script in the same way that uh robert de niro carries taxi driver and raging bull definitely so. yeah, it's such a nuanced performance like as much as i like rami malik as freddie mercury i don't know how complex it is or i don't know how like all he is doing is basically imitating someone who like freddie mercury which is hard to do but at the end of the day, he's just imitating somebody. Like Ethan Hawke has to become this uh, self-deprecating, like priest, like alcoholic priest. Yeah. It's insane, and uh, I thought that's a little more compelling. But I'm not upset. Remy Malek winning. Yeah, I'm. I'm in roughly the same boat as you guys. Uh, I always forget about First Reform because. On Letterboxd, it's 2017, so I've been kind of thinking of it as a 2017 film. I really enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody, and I really liked Rami Malek's performance. I understand that it's more like an impersonation than anything else, but it worked for me. Um, Yeah, I mean, you could have given it to Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible Fallout with all the shit he did. (laughs) But um, to talk about uh, Rami Malek's acceptance speech for a second, I thought it was really pretty heartfelt and genuine i like that he talked about how much it means to like this was his dream for a really long time and he's egyptian i believe so a lot of people um a lot of egyptian people were really happy to see that representation and whatnot yeah overall i know a lot of people weren't thrilled with this movie but i liked it and i thought rami malik's performance was the best part of it so me too yeah, other than the Queen music. Other than the Queen music. <laughs> other than the Queen music, yeah. Of course. Moving Which, on to... They did a great job putting the Queen music in the Queen movie. 
Yeah, I won them two Oscars <laughs> just for sound. <laughs> Moving on to actress in a leading role, you have Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me. Kind of an upset in this category. It ended up going to Olivia Coleman. How did you guys feel about this win? Happy. I'm very happy. Uh, Olivia. Oh, you go. I would have been happy to see Liz. Yalitza Apar, how, how do you pronounce her name? Aparicio. Aparicio. Yeah, I would have. I would have been very happy, like, because she's not an actress, and this, like, her performance in Roma is very good for not an actress. Definitely. So, uh, but Olivia Coleman, I think her winning made me happy just because her speech was so fantastic. Oh my god, it was so funny. One of the highlights of the night for sure. She was so like genuine and awkward and just oh, lovely to listen to i'm very glad she won this me too i think she and ethan Hawk had the best performances of the year easily i would actually i'm really glad she won but if i had to pick one person for actress in a leading role i would give it to tony collette for hereditary i think she gives one of the best oh yeah that's right i completely forgot about hereditary she gives one of the best performances of like the last several years in that movie it is so deeply tragic and horrifying at the same time i know there was no way in hell she was ever going to get nominated but i just i have to mention that much like you guys have to mention ethan hawk for first reformed because that performance left an impact on me even more than olivia coleman's as much as i loved her in the favorite and i loved her speech yeah i um like hereditary and Suspiria were two of my favorite movies of the year and i knew going going into it that they would not be nominated for anything yeah which is a real shame because, like, uh, Suspiria had some of the best production design in the movie, and Tilda Swinton did amazing. Although her being nominated for Best Actress is a little weird. <laughs> she played three different characters, and one was this dude. Uh, but, and then Hereditary had some of the best directing of the year, too, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, glad to see it to go to Olivia Coleman. I also thought Lady Gaga was pretty good in A Star is Born. And like you guys were saying, Yelitsa Aparicio is great in Roma. Um, it is surprising that Glenn Close doesn't have an Oscar yet. And I haven't seen The Wife, but I've heard from some people that um, her performance, uh, I've heard that she's given stronger performances in her past. So it seems like they went for a rewarding what they did genuinely thought was the best over a sympathy vote, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Moving on to director, this was an interesting category. We had Spike Lee for his work on Black Klansman, Paul Palikowski for Cold War, Yogros Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Curran for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. We've talked about this already. Alfonso Curran ended up winning. Guys, how wholesome was it to see his bromance with del toro <laughs> it was so great oh, as soon as del toro came out i was like oh my god i hope alfonso wins just so they can like man hug on the stage yeah. i was like oh yes it's perfect those yeah. are like two of the most distinctive directors of the 20, of the 21st century to me definitely and del toro is so adorable the fact that he was like i'm deathly ill but i wouldn't miss this for the world <laughs> it's just so <laughs> beautiful and wholesome so- Hearing him talk about how much he wanted to make The Hobbits is really sad. Aww. Yeah. But how nice is it to hear him talk about how much he loves Shape of Water? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, uh, I'm i really happy that Roma won. 
Um, I think the favorite, for me, it was Roma or the favorite, and I'm also sure Cold War had really good directing. Yeah. Um, but to me, Roma, best direct, best looking, most passionate film, in my opinion, of the year. Definitely. Like, Alfonso Cuaron poured his heart and soul into it, even more so than some of his other projects, I think, which is saying a lot. Also, it's such a personal film, too, I think. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so much more compelling. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was really glad to see him win in this category. I thought it was kind of a shoe-in. Nice to see Spike Lee nominated, though, because even though I wasn't crazy about Black Klansman, um, I don't think he's ever been in the Best Director category, so that was nice to see. Really? Yeah. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, because right, I know Do the Right Thing is a really distinctive style. Oh, it's and so good. Like, you guys have to watch it. I'd really love to. Has, was Malcolm X nominated for anything when that came out? Yeah, I think it was nominated for some stuff. I don't know what it, what though, and feel, what it won. That feels like a heavy hitter. It should have been a heavy hitter, but I guess not. Okay, are we ready for the last award of the night? I don't know. Yeah, can we can we just talk about how this Oscars had no host and yeah, yeah, how I liked it a lot. I like no me host. too. Like, before with all the like stuff about stopping cinematography like to play to play devil's advocate it's like no one's watching the oscars because no one likes the oscars so they're trying to like lower the runtime so i kind of see where they're coming from but i argue no one likes the oscars because they add in a bunch of this bullshit that has nothing to do with the movies because like the people who care about movies care about cinematography and care about costume design so they want to see that stuff Mm -hmm. and that's the audience that you're alienating like, yeah, no, no, I agree. But so, but I think the the best action they did was removing a host. Even though before I was like, "This is gonna be horrible with no host." Yeah. I thought it. I feel like it zoomed by. I thought yeah. I didn't have to deal with the stupid bullshit that I'm used to. With you didn't have to deal with Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel doing things that aren't funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like, it just wastes time. It's not funny, and I I don't care. And so I just got to see the people who made films go up and yeah. talk about how what it was like making films, and that was what I wanted. And you got to see a bunch of Rolex ads with Martin Scorsese <laughs> and yeah. Alejandro Gonzalez and Reed too. James cool. Cameron, James Cameron, the Walmart ads that were like, <laughs> I got the joke after the first one, and they showed <laughs> thirty-five more. I um. Uh, up until the last 15 minutes, because obviously what won Best Picture was annoying, but also the way Jul- Julia Roberts closed the show was kind of weird. She was like, all right, go home. <laughs> um, I thought this was the best ceremony I've watched since I started paying attention to the Oscars. In terms of the diversity of the candidates, you had a lot of movies that went home with only one Oscar, but I really like when they win something, so they have that Oscar-winning name for the rest of history uh first man roma spider-man into the spider-verse if beale street could talk the favorite and it was a very diverse group i felt like hearing the speeches from the people that worked on black Klansmen, getting to hear spike lee phil lord and chris miller talk about spider-man um olivia coleman rami malik just like overall i was very optimistic and excited and then we made it to Best Picture. <laughs> Nominated was Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice, and the winner, Green Book. You guys, 
Vigo Mortensen takes an entire pie of pizza, <laughs> folds it, and eats it like a sandwich. Oh my god. So you guys, you took a bullet and watched this movie before we record this podcast. I yesterday. made a vi- <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I made a very conscious decision not to see this movie. After a one, I was leaning towards seeing it, but I still haven't. Guys, break down this movie for me. All right, so there's this review on Letterboxd, and I figured I should just read it. It's from Josh Eagle, so shout out to Josh. But uh, he basically explains a story of how that racist guy who says, I'm not racist, I have a black friend, met his black friend. <laughs> that is his review of the movie. He gave it one and a half stars out of five. I think that's the perfect summary of this movie. <laughs> there, was a, there was another review that was talking about how teachers will use this when they don't have a lesson plan to show to their class because it's inoffensive and t- tackles serious topics but not in a very serious way. Yeah. It was the worst film I'd seen. I'd, so we had seen everything but Vice. Yeah. Because I, I haven't seen A Star is Born. I was going to watch oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Fine time. But so we had seen... I had seen all of these movies except Vice, and the only reason I hadn't seen Vice is because, like, the closest theater to us that was showing Vice was, like, 30 minutes away, Yeah, and we wanted to record this podcast. This is the worst film <laughs> out of all of those movies. Yeah. I, so, to start off this, you know, my angry rant about this film, I'll talk about some things I did like. My first thought at least performance, I liked, like, when he's on screen, I'm happy. Like, I'm not, like, I think he's relatively compelling as a uh, in this film and I think he's a great actor and then uh, there's one scene in particular where like it's in the trailers where it's like uh, he confronts like an inner struggle he has and uh, that I thought was compelling and then there's one scene at the end which this isn't a spoiler really you'll know how you can you know, spoil it who is. fucking cares you've <laughs> seen the trailer you know no, whatever so like I'm gonna show Ali's like character is kind of lonely or whatever and so, the last, uh, the last like couple scenes that take place on Christmas because it's a fucking shit film. <laughs> and so, Rahul Ali like goes home and he's like, "Oh, Vigo uh, Mortensen characters," and he's Italian. He's like, "Oh, you can come eat eat, eat to Christmas with <laughs> you're me." You're busting my balls. <laughs> yeah, you're busting my balls, Tony. And I'm like, but he's like, uh, he's like, "Oh, you should come with me." And Rahul Ali's like, "Oh, no, no, thank you." And so. He doesn't, but then eventually, like they get a knock at the door, but it's someone else, and he and I was like, "You're like waiting, is Marshall Lee?" And then he wasn't, and then it was someone else, and I was like, oh, no, "But it's gonna be Marshall Lee." And then he like goes to shut the door, and he sees Marshall Lee, and the biggest fucking smile went on my face, and I was so mad at myself <laughs> that I was happy. <laughs> and so, other than that, I'll talk about the bed. No, I was just gonna say this film was directed by Peter Farelli who is the uh, critically acclaimed director of There's Something About Mary, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> Movie 43, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, so really, he, he, had this, he had this coming, you know? <laughs> A but best I, picture win. He deserved it. The bad in this film is most of it. It's not funny at all. It's, I never laughed. There's, we went, so we went on Tuesday at 6, so it's filled with old people, like old white people. And they were 
they were having the time of their fucking lives. They were, every time anything, Vigo, so the whole plot of the dumb fucking film, I was telling the beginning. So Vigo, is, it's just him walking around with this Italian family in the Bronx. And it's so like, like Goodfellas, I like because it's kind of like a satire of the Godfather stuff. So when they do stupid like shit, like, oh, Tony, you're busting my balls or whatever, then it's like, oh, it's kind of funny. But like this whole film is just Vigo Mortensen going around his family going like, oh, you're busting my ball. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I'm so tired. But the, the, the crowd in the theater thought it was the funniest shit in the world. And so, there's, and, uh, yeah, just Viggo Mortensen in this film, I do not like it at all. And I like him as Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings movies. You know, I don't love the Lord of the Rings movies. And he's a cool but. person in real life, we should say. Like, he speaks several languages, and it's supposed to be really nice, so. But I think this movie suffers the most from it's so clearly written from their white perspective it's written by three people the director a white guy and then the white son of vico's character yep. tony i'm not gonna pronounce his name tony, tony, tony the lip tony the lip or whatever yeah and uh so it's so clearly written from that perspective it tries to deal with issues that are exclusive to people of color like this idea of i don't know if i would call it survivor's guilt or something, but Mahershala Ali basically struggles with, he's surrounded in a racist society, but he's wealthy and black, and there's scenes where, like, there's one scene where the car breaks down in the middle of the road, and, like, he walks out of the car, and he's in a suit, and, and like, he's right next to a field, like, 10 feet away from a field of all these people <laughs> oh, no. working on a field, and they all stop and, like, just stare at him, and I'm like, oh my god, so clearly written by a white person, and uh, it makes me so fucking mad. The biggest problem this movie suffers from is that it's incredibly repetitive. The whole, the whole film is based around the idea of Diego Mortensen's character doing something relatively trashy, like, Throwing trash out the car, uh, saying swear words, uh, breaking my balls, <laughs> saying you're breaking my balls. Only the fact that he's called Tony Lip, and then Mahershala Ali going, "Oh no no no, that is not classy of you." And like, I don't know if it's just me, but because the audience was loving it, every time Vigo Mortensen would eat something a weird way, they'd be like, "Oh my god, that is the funniest shit in the world." And I was just not. I was so tired after the first time. I was like, "I do not care." I, I like. I get the trying to like aspect you're trying to do, but oh, it's so fucking. Oh, it makes me so mad. There was a point in this movie where Mahershala Ali and Vigo Mortensen get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Because Vigo Mortensen, because you think that's crazy, you just wait. <laughs> because uh, a cop, they they get pulled over because they're in a sundown town, and a cop pulls him over, and he's Ita- He says you're Italian. You're basically half an N word, and then oh. Vigo Mortensen punches him in the face, and so they go to prison. And then Mahershala Ali gets his phone call, like he has to fight for his phone call, and then uh, they they get another call. And it's the governor of the state because they're in who got another call that said that they had to release him immediately. And Mahershala, the person Mahershala Ali called was the district, was the attorney general of the United oh, States, Robert Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> God, really? <laughs> and I was like, I, I turned. So he makes the call and like they get the call from the governor and he's like, he called who called who? And I put my head in my hands and I was like, he called the president. <laughs> I, 
I looked him right in the eyes and said that. And he was like laughing. And then they said Bobby Kennedy. I'm like, all right, that's a little better. But that is so stupid. Oh, it makes me so mad. So it sounds like besides being problematic, it's just a bad movie. It's horribly written. It's horribly written. So it won that screenplay, correct? It did, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. The, the first 20 minutes of this film are like, Utter trash. Until Mahesh Ali's introduced, it's, it's honestly some of the worst shit I've saw, seen all year. Wow. It is the worst film, screenplay-wise, nominated for a screenplay of any film I've seen. Wow. That has ever been nominated for the category. It is the worst one. It's just, it makes no sense. It's just the whole thing is so, it makes me so mad. A lot of people have asked me, you haven't seen this movie. Why are you so angry that it won and two i have two responses to that that don't talk too much about the service of the movie but kind of the people behind it specifically the screenwriter nick valalonga so as you mentioned he is the son of vigo mortensen's character and he wrote this movie first off he's pretty problematic (laughs) he has openly supported trump's racist tweets that he that um, Trump saw Muslims celebrating on 9-11. That kind of resurfaced while this tour, this Oscars tour was going on. And there have been some other tweets that I didn't pull up that were also kind of rooted in hateful rhetoric. But more importantly, Don Shirley's family, Don Shirley is Mahershala Ali's character, vehemently opposes this film. They say that the whole premise of Don Shirley being estranged from his black family and black community and having never eaten fried chicken before, which is, oh, I hate that I even have to say that out loud, and it's 2019. That's so disgusting. They hate that. And his niece has a quote that I thought really sums up what you guys have already been talking about, but just the biggest problem with this movie, and that's that, quote, a depiction of a white man's version of a black man's life. And yes. I don't need to see this movie to be frustrated by all of that and it's winning to be frank um it's good to hear that it wasn't well made on top of that no, but... trash, no. the thing is like i've complained about this movie to people and like they tell me like don't it's just appreciate like they say like it's just a film or it's uh it's cute or whatever but you can't get rid of the cultural connotations of this film because that is what the film is built on it is built on the fact that this is racist and society was slash still is racist but it doesn't want to confront the harsh reality of racism it wants to live in this fantasy world that it created for itself yeah of like like they go to a jazz bar at the end and it's just so, so white. It's just so... It's, just, it's written by people who never, never even talked to someone that doesn't look like them. Yeah. It makes no sense. I just, I don't understand. You're, why make this film first off? Because you want to make your dad seem cool? Like, I, like it's so stupid. And I just, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Like, I just, it makes me upset. You can tell that the old Academy is at war with the new Academy. Because this year you have spike finally winning for screenplay you have black panther taking home a lot more awards than anyone was predicting you have the immense love for alfonso curan and roma but you have green book winning in screenplay 
and Best Picture. And the Academy's gotten it right the last few years for the most part. I think Moonlight is incredible, and I like La La Land, but I'm really happy Moonlight won. I think Shape of Water does a really good job of including everybody in its conversation, and it's made by a director of color. So it's disappointing to see that we're heading in the right direction, but we're still dealing with these growing pains of celebrating fucking driving Miss Daisy. You know what I mean? 30 years ago. I can't imagine Spike Lee and Ryan Coogler sitting there watching this win and being like, what the fuck? Like, like, what's the point? Like, honestly, I'd be so discouraged. I think Spike Lee stormed out. Really? Really? I read that That somewhere. That would shock me. He's very vocal. (laughs) Yeah. Like, say this movie wasn't born out of, like, a rape, like, just complete racist and ideology like it's not important like black Klansman or black panther it doesn't challenge filmmaking like roma or the favorite and it doesn't have lady gaga in it so why the <laughs> fuck did it win best picture and it's not good i i oh, think that no. that's one of the biggest crimes is that like regard like obviously you want the film to win that wins to be good culturally significant and challenge filmmaking you yes. want it to be all three one of those. Yeah, even one of those. But if you're not going to be, if you can't be one of them, at least be good. At yeah, honestly, yeah. Movie, like, deserving of best picture. At least be Bohemian you know? Rhapsody. At least be mildly enjoyable, you know? Yeah. Like, I sit there and I'm like, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Like, at the end of the day, that's a lot of movies I go to and I'm like, I just want to have fun. I just want to go to a movie and sit there and eat popcorn and drink my overpriced soda (laughs) and have a good time. And, like, mildly, like, there are parts of the movie where I smile because the movie emotionally manipulated me. Yeah. But it's not well written. It's not, it's the acting. The actors have to work with a horrible script. The main character, one of the things that the main character is introduced by and by showing that he's strapped for money is the fact that he eats 26 hot dogs for 50 bucks. That is a, a character introduction. That happened like 10 Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's it, like one of the first things we know about this character. Also, this movie doesn't even choose to be something. So the beginning of the movie starts, He, his wife has two people of color come and fix their pipes or something. Yeah, I'm like not sure. Two. And she offers them drinks and they use their, like, home glasses, and then he throws out the glasses, and I'm like, oh, wow. And, like, I, I, I already gave up. It was just five, ten minutes in, and I was like, this is horribly written. It's stupid. But I was like, maybe this film is going to try to conflict, or they're going to introduce a character that is, like, full of hate, And but then they don't even go, like, they don't, like, examine that, because it's his dad. He's writing about his dad. So, like, He's not going to examine that. And so, and so he just, like, he throws out glasses that these black men were using and then goes and, like, goes and gambles with them. And I'm like, well, where's the, I thought you were setting up something. Like, what's the point of the scene? Like, why have like, like, as a character, he's not, like, KKK racist. But he's, like. Well, in that uh, instance, he is. In that instance, he is, yeah. But then later in the film, like, not even five minutes later, he's just, like, comes off as mildly problematic. Yeah. Like, if he's like, well, I don't have a problem with them. I'm just saying that they do these certain things. And I'm like, all right, this is a little shit. But I'm like, 
Yeah, and, and from what I've read, he's compared to, like, KKK members, basically, that say the N-word every, like, 30 seconds and use physical violence. And it's like, well, it's okay to be a little problematic as long as you're not doing that. And it's like, no! <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, they have, like, these both sides moments in films, which is the worst thing you could ever fucking do. Like, <laughs> where it's like, oh, you know, maybe Mahershal uh, Ali character is sometimes like prejudiced towards whites in which they get pulled over cops because it's the white savior movie they have to get pulled over by cops and the white guy's gotta just gotta stand up for himself for the black guy because it's fucking bad filmmaking and so but then they get pulled over by another cop and like the other cop's like oh you got your your tires uh not working so well and then he fixes so oh my god tire. and i'm like so you gotta show bad cop good cop just because you want to up here like uh oh, stupid at this point in that point too in the film where they get pulled over they're not in the deep south they're in like pennsylvania <laughs> that's it i'm just saying they're in new york they're in new york pretty much and the couple it's not like a sun downtown you know yeah you just wasted my time to be like they're not all bad but i'm like i don't need that i don't it's like a limp blue lives matter argument oh they, look they helped the tire yeah, my, my cops can't be bad. <laughs> Not all of them. How does it get made? Like, how's he, how do you read a script like that and it gets greenlit? That's what Green that's, book. Green book? <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, you only have white people looking at it, and it's like, hmm, this makes me feel good. So they pass it that's on, true. you know? But you think they'd learn from Crash? I guess not. More than, there's more than one example. Crash is the only one. Driving Miss Daisy is the only one. Yep. So these films come out and they're like, they're supposedly, like I can imagine many uh, older generations might think, oh, this is, you know, we're confronting an issue, but you're really not. Like you're not, not nothing's happened. Like this film doesn't do anything. This film doesn't challenge your beliefs or question any type of authority that exists today. It's just like, well, you don't trash. Viggo Mortensen challenged my idea on how to eat a pizza. Honestly, yeah. So that, <laughs> or, that, like, how, how I interact with my family. Like, if I'm not walking up to dinner, be like, Tony, you're fucking busting my balls. You're fucking I'm doing it wrong. Um, and I, I, I don't know how many... I've seen a lot of, like, movies, like, a lot of Martin Scorsese's movies that have Italians in it. But if I see another time where... They talk about spaghetti and meat sauce and how the meat sauce is basically ketchup on noodles. Like I've heard that phrase so many fucking times. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to hear that again. <laughs> like I get it. You're not this spaghetti and meat sauce is not up to your standards. I don't care. <laughs> you guys have this at threes. I think on Letterbox. That's a little surprising. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna lower it. I'm gonna lower it. <laughs> it's just talking about it makes me mad. Just thinking, like, like as much as I didn't like in the writing on some bed, I wasn't that bored. Like it's well paced. I would not well paced, but well, yeah, I would say it's well paced. It's a film. It's, it's easy. It's other than that. Sit through. It's easy yeah, to honestly. sit through. This yeah, year's best picture fun. winner is easy to sit through. <laughs> and like, it's like <laughs> so I I saw Aquaman this year. Uh, I one could argue it's a better film, but like just ridiculous shit happens that is kind of enjoyable. Like when he called the president, and, like I was like. <laughs> the highlight of the film because I was laughing and then like when he would do something like I, like I just didn't believe it was happening on screen in front of me after I learned it one best picture I was like how is this like all this shit is just happening and I'm I just I couldn't believe it you should pirate it because it's a really surreal experience to sit through and be like this one best picture but yeah honestly oh. like 
it's not it's not boring it's not purely unenjoyable it's really angering but like <laughs> it's not it's not the worst thing i've ever seen the fact that it was worse than i expected was surprising oh, <laughs> like the filmmaking is competent no no i, I would not say that not the oh, well, maybe the filming yeah maybe the directing is fine. Like I, don't, like, I didn't notice it, I guess. Like, these direct, like, the person who directed it has directed, like, shitty shot, reverse shot comedies. Yeah. You know? But that's what this is, kind of. Yeah, like, that's what it is. So it looks fine. It looks like one of those, but kind of with an Oscar sheen over it. In fucking yeah. 60s New York does not look like 60s New York. Like, in like, what they wear and the way they act. Like, other than that, they're racist. Like, maybe more racist than, you know, people living in New York would be now. Like, it's more like, like, it was just weird. I was it like, kind, I don't buy the time of, period other than the cars are old. It kind of <laughs> looks like a village in western New York. Yeah, honestly. Or upstate New York. It doesn't look like New York City. It doesn't look, it look like, like the Bronx, Bronx which is yeah, very also is like, weirdly, you're, like, modern. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. It looks like a Disney. It looks like a Disney exhibit of what a fifties or sixties house would look like. It just felt like the sense of beginning is so bad. It felt, it felt like they didn't know, like that this movie was like supposedly, I guess, top, best picture potential. And so, like, just the beginning of the film is so fucking half-assed. The first fifteen minutes is really awful, and then once so you get on the road, it's better. Just because, honestly, Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen have actor, as actors, they have a pretty good chemistry. That's I mean, relatively. Mahershala Ali has chemistry with anybody because Mahershala Ali, like, Viggo Mortensen, character is literally a nobody. Like, he just, all he does is stupid shit. <laughs> all Mahershala Ali is a reaction face. So I'm more like, oh, he stole this rock. He steals a rock in the movie. In oh, rehearsal, probably, it's, it's like, like a painted rock. It's like a painted bat. It's, 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 oh, whatever. Okay. it's whatever. And he just, like, he's, uh, he just stares at him. He's like, why did you steal a rock? And I'm like, why am I, why am I here? <laughs> it's like a child. I know that's the joke, but it's like, it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. It's not funny. Oh, well, we just said it wasn't, it wasn't too bad to watch. Like, it was, <laughs> like I can't do it. Yeah, no, it's like, it's tolerable. <laughs> But it's, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me, like, why it exists. Like, that's the biggest question I had, and it's like, why? <laughs> that's the critic review on the bots. It's like, Academy Award winner, it's tolerable. <laughs> I still think... It's tolerable as a film, I don't know if it's tolerable yeah. as what it stands for. I still think it's easy to sit through as a better, like, <laughs> box stamp. <laughs> guys, I think you guys could rant about Green Book for another hour is there any closing thoughts on this film or the oscar ceremony as a whole that you want to bring up we almost should have won yeah 100 yeah, percent. there's just this Oscars, contest yeah like you said playing it's you, this oscar is kind of like a weird contrast between the old academy and the new academy what the oscars could be and what they are and used to be like with things like roma and other films like yeah. Black Klansman and Black Panther it's like oh you kind of get it but not entirely and uh, it's upsetting I think this year as opposed to last year had a lot more head scratching moments definitely and not, not in terms of best picture specifically yeah and also best writing but like for some of the some of the nominations I'm like how did that get in there because I like I love with the exception of The Post and Darkest Hour and I know you guys aren't crazy 
about or Ethan's crazy. trash. <laughs> Ethan isn't crazy about fan thread. Clayton isn't crazy about three billboards. I oh, I like hate three billboards. Thread. I'm not not crazy about it. <laughs> I, I like I like three billboards. I liked all of the movies except for The Post and Darkest Hour. And I don't know, like, if I could say I liked all these movies to the same severity that I liked those. No. Yeah, but that's just that's just an Oscars thing. Because that's you were, you were talking about it earlier, like how you think last year was a better year for movies, not like in this podcast, but like earlier a couple days ago. And uh, like, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I think we just saw a lot of different movies that were good. Like when I like when I think it's a more movies, unique year. When I think of good movies this year, I'm thinking a favorite Roma. Shoplifters and Avengers, and those are all, and Spider Man, and those are all very different films. Yeah. Last year, I think Call Me By Your Name, uh, what else was there? Lady Bird, those are all like relatively similar indie films, all like A24, Blumhouse type films. Yeah. Well, this year is like big budget, low budget, animated, foreign. And I, I, I think I like that format better where it's more diverse. All I know is that my letterboxed list isn't colorful enough, isn't as colorful as last year. True, true. Posters yeah. don't look great. I hate when they change their posters too for like not yeah. Oscar yeah. season, but yeah, maybe honestly Oscar season. Where it's like, oh, I like the Spider Man poster before, but now they gotta do the one, the different one. What was kind Whatever. of exciting for me watching it was um, I went into the night thinking, oh, Roma's gonna win Best Picture, and then Black Panther started to rack up Oscars, and I was like, Black Panther could win this, and that would be awesome to see everyone go up on stage for Black oh, yeah. Panther, and then yeah, think, absolutely. yeah, oh, that would be crazy. And then Bohemian Rhapsody started to pick up steam. And I'm like, man, it's between like three movies with Roma, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Black Panther, and then Green Book won. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, I don't know. Green Book had no right to win. Like, it was nominated for Best Director, which is very rare. Or film editing. Or, or film actually, editing. no, it was, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking oh, of Roma. really? Yeah, it was. It was nominated for, it just, it's editing is fine <laughs> like i could edit it in i yeah. and it would have been just as good it's better than suicide squad i guess that's like that's the it's, threshold it's, it's a film they put it together okay well i think if we don't have any other closing thoughts god no i will say it for next year i'm just mad about roma that's all i can say i think this is a good place to end it guys as much as i hate that green book one it was really enjoyable to hear you rant about it. I could tell that you've been waiting to do this for, I guess, 24 hours now. And it was also really awesome to do an Oscars podcast with you guys. I've wanted to do this for a very long time. So to be able to um, kind of record this was a lot of fun. And what do you think is going to win next year? Kind of close with that. Do you think it be going to be The Irishman or Tarantino? Which Any, once upon a time probably Avengers Endgame, honestly. Oh, do like a Return of the King? I hope so. <laughs> I do not think so. Um, I'd be really happy if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won. I know it's not I coming out next year, but Dune's going to win Best Picture, even though it's not going to be out yet. <laughs> Preemptive yeah. Best it's Picture. It's going to make so much money. I was just going to say, I, th- I think it'd be cool if Tarantino won an Oscar, because I don't know if he has. He has. He has? He won writing for either Django or uh, Inglorious yeah. or both. Well, I yeah. Yeah, okay. I agree, though. I do really like him. It'd be cool for him to rack up some more gold, especially since this is either his second last movie or his last movie. But yeah, I really enjoyed this, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, We ran a bit long, but I really appreciated our conversation. So until next time, I'm Clayton Terry. I'm Ryan Terry. And I'm Ethan Terry. Thanks for listening, and we will 
talk to you next time. You're busting my balls, son. <laughs>